Hello and welcome to the Popcorn for Dinner pilot episode. I am joined by Obira Georgi Fiacho today and we are going to be discussing Netflix releasing at least 71 films this year, dissecting my top 10 TV shows of 2020, debating Zack Snyder versus Michael Bay and just appreciating The Last Dance and other great sports documentaries and finally to be a special tribute to a lost dear friend. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Untitled Podcast Project, soon to be named the Popcorn for Dinner Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Obira Georgi Fiacho. How are you, Obira? Not too bad. Um, it's <laughs> it's funny you said, like, as always, when is this, like, our first episode? I don't need to know that. It's, <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> we've, been, we've known each other for a while, but, you know. I mean, it seems like there are certain movies that if I'm talking about, I'm talking about with you. So it does seem like, as always. So This is like our um, high school musical, you know, you know when Troy and Gabriella just got matched together. <laughs> this is this is a, this is a star of something new. Is that the name of the song? Or is it star of something? Start of something new. Something? Don't, don't, do not act like you do not know what the actual title of the song oh, is. Me, there we don't go, there we don't go. do that. Listen. I think the second movie is like when that movie come out, two thousand and six. I think that's one of like the top fifty movies of that. High School Musical Two is a top tier film, and if that's somehow like an unpopular opinion, then please stop listening to this podcast because no, <laughs> High School Musical Two is a top tier film. Um, yeah. So, welcome everyone. It's gonna be a fun ride. What do you have planned for the weekend? Oh, this weekend is shopping for furniture and doing a lot of spring house cleaning. So I'm going to be on my made duties. This... That was that was way too grown up an answer. Made that was like expecting. What were you expecting? Okay, no. I was going to let's do this again. Yeah, order let's, order fast food and get again. drunk. I'm going to ask you what. No. We're going to edit that out. And I'm going to ask you what you're doing this weekend. Are you going to say nothing, just chilling, watching Netflix? Well, because I'm moving, I have to, you know, make sure the house is all I don't. Me. I don't care. <laughs> what, what, what about yourself? Um. Well, funny you should ask, like it was scripted or something. But um, WandaVision, they've dropped two episodes. Um, For anyone who may not know or who is like a casual MCU watcher i guess it's my duty to let you know that the mcu has like officially moved into tv and their first tv show is wonder vision which will be airing on disney plus weekly starting i mean by the time by the time you're listening to this a few episodes will have aired so i hope you haven't seen any spoilers but yeah it's it's out this weekend and i'm very excited to catch up on that i think i'm gonna enjoy that i will talk more about it in a few episodes um also the legend the queen regina king just released one night in miami on amazon prime this weekend and it's a movie i've been looking forward to a lot it's um so one night in miami is a movie based on a play and a personal rule i love movies based on plays because one 
it means the dialogue is incredible and that's obviously a personal favorite and it just means actors get to act which again i love but this is a film about like is a fictionalized meeting between malcolm x Muhammad ali jim brown and sam cook jim brown for those who know who's a current um, retired nfl player and sam cook was this jazz musician and it's based on a meeting between them in a hotel room after uh, Muhammad Ali just beat Sonny Liston. So it's, and those four people were, were friends in real life. So it's kind of like, I have no idea what the film is about in terms of the larger picture, but I guess it's what kind of conversations come with those people being in the same room together. But anyway, that's what I have for this weekend. And I'm, I'm very excited. I feel like the film, I think we're going to def- talk more about the film during the Oscar season, because I think it'll be a major player. Um, and I just hope that Regina King gets the the props that she deserves. Um, okay, so we're going to do a bit of admin. And then we'll talk a bit about Netflix and this bumper movie list that they just released. So I've had people constantly asking me for film and TV recommendations, right? And I, for some reason, my brain translated that to me started a podcast so here we are i don't understand the logic no one should please try to understand the logic because it's not advisable but here we are with a podcast um so this is going to be a weekly discussion show just centered around what we are watching what we think you guys should be watching upcoming content that we're very excited about and just general discussions about the film and tv landscape We'll also touch on any relevant industry news that may affect you guys or that you may want to know about. Um, Obviously, by we, I'm referring to my co-host and friend of 15 years, Obira Georgi Fiatra. We will be guided by our producers, our dutiful producers, Ebuka Namani and Chinedu Heji, but they will mostly be silent because no one wants to hear from IT. Um... We're also very interested in hearing what you guys have to say. So you can hit us up either on Twitter or Instagram or email us at popcornfordinnerpod at gmail.com. We want to hear what you're watching. If you want to talk about the show you're watching or a movie you just watched, feel free. We would love to get as many of you guys on the pod as possible. Yeah, I think that covers it all. Um, it's nothing too bureaucratic about the podcast. I just want to have fun and talk about a medium that brings all of us joy and intrigue and suspense and drama. So hopefully we can make your future TV watching just that more enjoyable. We're going to talk about Netflix and their incredible movie lineup. Maybe we come up on this break. So, Obira, shall we finally delve into that netflix schedule so in the recent past days netflix have basically told their customer base to you know watch out they've released a couple of you know upcoming films they plan on getting out i think it's about once a week is that right banky yeah about once a one week movie for the rest a week of the year. Mm-hmm. for the rest of the year which is just insane and a couple of them stood out so i think the first one i'll want to you know talk about is that it's, i think it's called red notice is that correct mm-hmm. yeah 
um, which is basically Dwayne Johnson. Or he's um, basically the biggest movie star in the world right now. Basically, The Rock playing The Rock and him, you know, showing his big muscles and shooting big guns. And I mean, sometimes that's just the best thing, isn't it? When a movie star is just playing same, a movie star, just playing same, themselves. Same badass, cringy one-liners before shooting another big gun. And there was one scene, I don't know why Netflix, Netflix kind of did him dirty though, because if you actually watch that show, I think it's towards the end of that little video, he looked washed up. Wait, 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 wait. Are <laughs> you like, officially saying that The Rock is washed? Are we so staring controversy saying, on our first episode? Not, if you, look, saying, say with your I'm chest, saying, that's what you're saying. The Rock is washed. I'm not saying he's washed. I'm saying that particular scene, he looked like, like he needed a holiday or two. The official Netflix synopsis is that The Rock is an FBI profiler chasing two um, rival criminals played by Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds. But you did say that The Rock is washed. That's what you said, right? The Rock is washed. He's like 45, Yeah, no, no. Rock is washed. Um, Zack Snyder has a... Zack Snyder, famously of Watchmen, 300, the the recent DC films, and... The incels. So hold on, before you, before, you, before you carry on, before you carry on, how many, how many slow motion scenes do you reckon be in the movie? Over or under six. Over, over six. In over Zack six, Snyder's yeah. film, over six, over six. Um, okay. definitely. So, this piece movie is called Army of the Dead, and it is zombie heist film. And wait, I should clarify, it's a film about criminals carrying out a heist during a zombie apocalypse because it's Zack Snyder and nothing is be like Zack Snyder can make a film about zombies carrying out a heist because that's what he does I'm excited for this film I personally have my problems with Zack Snyder but I actually think I think the premise Netflix and Zack Snyder is like a perfect marriage a nice a nice little throuple he needs to fix up, man. He can't keep getting away with this in Hollywood and <laughs> just releasing all these mid mid movies and drugs. Like, he needs to not fix me, up. but his consumers just keep on, you know, consuming these nonsense movies he's been peddling out, peddling out you know, yeah, recent, you're speaking um, like for the past Michael 10, 15 Bay, years. Like, you're making it seem like I mean, even my, I think my... I think... Oh, I think Michael Bay... I think Bad Boys Be than every single thing Zack Snyder has done. Yes. Because at least what that's, Michael Bay does, he does yeah, it that's, really well. That's actually legit well. shit. Like, we cannot, we cannot like turn this in into all. the Michael Bay's I mean, an underrated genius book. I mean, he's... I mean, he's not. <laughs> but he gave okay, us... Okay, let's just end it there. Let's, I'm us. not I'm not engaging... Did it, my, I'll probably say Michael Bay is... You know, was is the reason why Will Smith is a movie star. I'm just gonna let's the next movie on the Netflix list is um Malcolm and Mary, which actually comes out very soon in February. And that's um so that's I think we're gonna talk about this quite a lot during the, the award season. But um so it's Zendaya of Euphoria and Red Carpets fame. And John David Washington of Black Landsman, Tenet, and being the son of the goat. Ballers, man. Okay, ballers. 
Sure. Um, this stars a married couple in this drama, and it was written and directed by Sam Levinson, who obviously created Euphoria. So, like, I don't know. The early buzz is kind of interesting for it, and I, I, I kind of hope it's a good, it's a good um, award season contender. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Okay, now this is one of a couple of films that seem like they were specifically made, at least on this podcast, just for me. So, Tick, Tick, Boom is a musical directed by Lynn manuel Miranda of, obviously, Hamilton fame. And it's starring Andrew Garfield and Vanessa Hudgens, who was Gabriella in the High School Musical film. So, I'm very excited to see what a Lynn manuel Miranda directed film looks like. You big Hamilton guy. I'm a I'm an incredibly big Hamilton guy. So when it comes out, I'll probably do a solo pod and just talk about it for myself because yeah, I think I think I think he might do solo. This is weird. Idris has two films on the Netflix list, two westerns. So Concrete Cowboy, that's the first one. I don't know if you know about it, but it stars Caleb McLaughlin. So he's the black kid from Stranger Things, and then Gerald Jerome who was obviously Corey Wise from When They See Us, Ava DuVernay's miniseries, and Method Man. So I'm excited for that. The second, the second Idris Elba Western in 2021 is The Harder They Fall with Regina King, um, Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft's Country, and Delroy Lindo in a little The Five Bloods reunion. That's nice. Um, it also stars British star British American. Let's mm, well, yeah, but um, Lakeith Stanfield and our precious, talented, beautiful, unfortunate advocate for not showering every day, Zasi Beats in actually a little Atlanta reunion. So that's a good black cast I really like and um yeah Jay-Z is a producer he's making new music for the film so that should be nice that should be fun new Jay-Z music were any of these on your radar at all or were they just me jumping to myself so the harder they fall was on my radar um I feel the whole western uh genre as a whole is is a bit i think it's basically the forgotten genre at the moment i mean westerns what was the last western i saw probably Jungle. i don't i'm counting no hello high water probably does that kind of i guess a new western maybe yeah 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 and that was an incredible movie and it's just one of those things where it's like mafia movies but it's like mafia movies no one you know the whole western hero thing has basically left the you know public consciousness of mm-hmm. most people because i mean no one really gives a flying fuck about westerns anymore so i'm quite interested to see what direction these guys go in especially mm-hmm. with you know regina king was i mean watchman last year is incredible mm-hmm. and I mean, idris elba is doing idris elba you know does his occasional you know <laughs> acting Cuts. here and there then comes back comes comes back to the uk and makes Lou first season seven which i'm completely fine with another one on my list is the woman in the window can i have this one for only one reason right 
I, I can't remember the last time I read a book before the movie and I can join those guys. Those guys that everyone hates. And I was like, oh, the book was better. But yeah, no, I read the book. I really liked the book. I read the book 2019. Yeah, I really liked the book. And obviously, the cast is like, it has a forever fave. Amy Adams, Gary Oldman, Anthony Mackie, Wyatt Russell, um, Brian Tyree Henry, speaking of Atlanta, mm-hmm. Jennifer Jason Lee, Julian Moore. I I really like the story. It's also, an, it's also a new experience for me to like watch a film knowing what's going to happen. I've never really had that, and I'm just I'm I'm interested to see it. And I so I haven't, okay. I haven't read the books yet. Yeah, yeah. Is this? I don't want you to give the plot away. Is this kind of going to be like Hitchcock's Rear Window? Or a classic Shia LaBeouf's Beef? <laughs> that's um, a classic. Shire's, that's a, that's a classic. Disturbia. Disturbia, that's a classic. Um, Is it going to be something like that? Without giving too much of the plot away. Um, it kind of has some yeah some similar elements to to rear okay. window like some basic elements to rear window like she's she's stuck in her house and she's watching a neighbor with obviously giving that's like the basic stuff Obi, i'm going to throw some words at you and just let me know how how those words make you feel right crime thriller based on a danish film with the creator of true detective writing the adaptation Directed by the director of Training Day and The Equalizer, Antoine Fuqua. Starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Ethan Hawke, and Bill Burr. Are you in? Just know you have to be in. If not, I might have to find a new co-host because I, I, that's, that's, inc- that's an incredible combination of things. I mean, get me, get me a £5 note and let me slot this right into my system, man. This is incredible i cannot believe and no we do not endorse the use of drugs um, <laughs> just yeah hook it hook it into me hi dad <laughs> um but yeah no it's 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 incredible it's an incredible combination of things isn't it like antoine Fuqua directing a nick pitolato script starring ethan hawk and jake gyllenhaal yes of course on netflix like yes i can watch this after watching the office yes please um okay now the final, at least for me, the final film. And I think Netflix knows what they have on their hands because, like, obviously they, they made it as, like, the, the stinker of the, the the trailer they released. If I was taken into a lab and, like, my essence was extracted, I don't know if a more apt film could have been created for me. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to read the first line of the Wikipedia page for the film. Don't Look Up is an upcoming American political satire disaster comedy film written and directed by adam mckay now obviously adam mckay wrote and directed and won an oscar for the big short and then he wrote and directed vice and then directed the pilot episode of succession and obviously he's an executive producer on, on succession so i'm full-on adam mckay like i'm on board and whatever you're going to give me you're going to give me and then the cast is led by leo dicaprio and jennifer lawrence a fun fact about Leo that I came across in, in in doing my research. In the last 19 years, right, he's made 16 films, 
with 11 directors. Out of those 11 directors, just a quick random guess. How many do you think were Oscar nominated when he worked with them? Ooh, put me on the spot here. I like it. Just a random question. Just give me a first number that comes to your mind. A number? So from mm-hmm. what years to what years? So In the last 19 years, six, since, yeah, since 2002, yeah. he's made 16 films, 11 directors. Okay, okay. 16 films, 11 directors. Okay, let's let's go. Uh, so I know... Tarantino well, don't, to... don't, don't count it. That, that, does, that defeats the purpose. Just give me the number that, that you think works in your head. Don't go start counting his, his movies. It's either, it's, either, it's either 9 or 10. That's... Well, I, I was going to give you credit, but you were counting, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, out of those 11 directors, 10 had at least yeah. one Oscar nomination by the time he was working with them. So, like, the man knows what he's looking for. Like, he knows who he wants to work with. He's not trying to mess around. Um, also, he just doesn't make bad films. Like, Leo just doesn't make bad films. Like, there are some that are not up my alley that I do not like at all. But, like, I don't... I can't remember the last film he's made that was... That had nothing for anybody. Like, everyone was just like, no, I'm out on this film. It's just... What was that John Edgar movie? That was a bit strange. J. Edgar. That's that like, one Edgar, in, like, yeah. one in 19. But again, no, he was working with... He was working with Clint and he was trying to get his Oscar. Now, obviously, like I said the cast was led by Leo and... And um, Jennifer Lawrence. If that wasn't enough to like to say, okay, yeah, I'm all in for the movie. The rest of the cast is ridiculous. It's Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep plays the president, and her son is played by Jonah Hill, and he's also her chief of staff. Perfection. Um, Timothy Chalamet is in the film. Kid Cudi is in the film. Matthew Perry, Tyler Perry, Chris Evans. Definitely my most anticipated film of the year. I'm very excited to see what Adam McKay has in store with that incredible cast. And I'm excited to see Jennifer Lawrence on my screen again, doing incredible acting. And Leo with a neck beard, which should be interesting. I'm quite looking forward to some big Leo guy. I think he's really, he's one of, if not the best actor of this generation. And I just really like... When was the last time Leo was Leo? Like, he was just Leo in a film. Would you call Wolf of Wall Street? I don't think he was being Leo in that. Actually, I think I might argue with you. I argue that Leo is never really Leo in the film. I would say that about Brad Pitt. I won't say that about Leo. I mean, him, he was, you know, he was Leo in Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, I'll probably say um, Wolf of Wall Street. You know, he just has that, you know, even though I know what I'm doing is bad and just, you know, if he's a mess, but you always feel that, he, you know, he's always a bit in control of the situation. And, you know, obviously he's not the worst looking guy as well. So everything just kind of comes together. And I mean, you see him in this movie with a neck beard and glasses i don't know i'm just quite i mean he's a low level astronomer he's not gonna be he's not gonna have model good looks yeah that's what i'm saying like he's you know using all these films picking all these films and he's trying to make himself less of so when you say quite um, oh no so when you say like um, an actor is being an actor leo is being leo do you mean in terms of looks or in terms of like the acting? no in terms of the acting 
because uh, I mean, you could say George, like if you watch, for example, George Clooney is like the perfect example. You could watch George Clooney in Out of Sight, watch George Clooney in Any Oceans movie, watch George Clooney in Eyes of March with mm-hmm. Brian Gosling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're watching George Clooney be George Clooney. And in a lesser extent, you watch George Clooney and Michael Clayton as well, but in a lesser extent, because he's... So you don't think Brad Pitt has been Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time? Uh, a little bit, but I mean, I'm, if you just want to talk about his Brad Pitt's roles, it's going from a stoner in True oh, Romance really? to, oh. you know, his role in Thelma and Louise is just kind of where he, you know, blew up a little bit. And Seven, he's this obnoxious, you know, detective in this sense and what's the what's the one with his yeah fight club was where you know brad pitt being brad pitt and he was in the big short as well acting as some he's not know, brad organic... pitt in the big short though. that's what i'm saying these are not like him this is him oh all these roles i've mentioned i don't think he was brad pitt i don't think he yeah. was acting as brad pitt yeah no i said once upon a time oh. i think once upon a time has the most brad pitt of any of his roles I think it's that's that's effortless cool and a bit it's a bit of in Tyler Durden as well and from Fight Club is that effortless cool that you guys are gonna listen to yeah. what I'm saying you guys are gonna follow me and that's what I'm like being Brad Pitt I don't think he's also the ocean you know what the oceans movie just has everyone being themselves except Matt Damon and Don Cheadle gosh let's never talk about Don Cheadle in that no, movie I just, like it yeah. I we can fight about it I like it I. It might be I because I love Don Cheadle. I don't know why they. What, when did that movie come out? Ninety nine or two thousand one? I think. I don't know what. I don't know why they didn't ring up. Who was? Who's a black? Because they wanted Don Cheadle. I don't understand. What, what are you talking about? Why? His accent is terrible. Because he's Don Cheadle. I thought he was. I thought that was. Yeah, I, he's I watched, one of the greatest comedic and dramatic actors of, of our generation. The, the, and, that, the whole thing was just as. And I think he's incredible in the Ocean's trilogy. Like, he, okay, he, he felt, that could be, he felt, we can agree to disagree. I don't understand you. It's incredible in the trilogy. Um, felt really off to me. You know who should be, who should be himself more? Will Smith. He needs to do another movie. Yeah, we'll talk about Will Smith. Yeah, and look, I, look, you've, you're against Don Chiro, you're against Will Smith. You clearly don't like black men. So I'm not, I'm not surprised, but let's, let's, let's take a break. I'll be right back. After this short break. <laughs> so, in this segment, we're just going to go through my personal top 10 list for 2020 TV shows and talk about some of them. Hopefully, by us talking about them, you can get some recommendations for anyone who's looking for a new show to watch. Uh, we're not going to talk about The Queen's Gambit or I May Destroy You. Spoiler alert, they both appear on my list, but we're planning it for a little episode down the line regarding those shows, so we're not going to speak about them today. Um, Better Call Saul is a show that appears on my list, but hopefully COVID allowing it should be returning for its final seasons starting towards the end of the year, so we'll talk about that closer to when it's coming back. It's a show that we both love. It's a show that I firmly believe is one of the best on TV and will probably be better than Breaking Bad by the time it finishes. Um, so the first show we're going to talk about is Devs. Created, written and directed by Alex Garland, who um, wrote and directed Ex Machina, a movie from 2014, 
Annihilation, another movie. Um, he's a brilliant man. He's a definitely a brilliant screenwriter. He's a British and started off being a British writer, like a novelist. So um, he definitely understands story. So Devs is a, it's a tech, a very slick tech thriller that manages to weave in these questions about about free will and determinism in this still thriller that involves spies and tech and AI and it's just it's just cool and it's just fun and it it fits into this new genre of TV of film and TV that I'm beginning to really enjoy and it's just like I don't understand what you're doing or what you're saying but I'm enjoying you and I trust you so just go ahead and like you are conveying it in a way that makes sense to me and I understand what you're trying to say and the emotions you're trying to say and it's just like so I don't and I never feel like oh I don't understand what's going on because I I don't know how to code. Um, do you have anything else to add on devs without spoiling it? So Alison Pill is fucking incredible in devs. Yeah, uh, she's, she's she's quite good. When I was watching it, I was I was I think he definitely you listen to his interviews and you kind of look at the work he's he's done so far and you can see he has this certain interest in you know technology and artificial intelligence and how that relates to you know human interaction and human behavior in the sense so how does how do human beings interact with the technology that it's you know basically created and how would it you know impact them positively or negatively in the long in the long term i think he's really fascinated by you know that question and this is where the subjects of free will and determinism all come into all come into play so yeah he's just he's he's, he's doing it man he's doing it big i think he's got another mm-hmm. movie coming out soon, yeah for so. 24 um yeah there's two more two more shows i'm just gonna just quickly run through which is unfair to both shows um so the first is the great which is a satirical drama based on the rise of Catherine the Great. Um, Elle Fanning is Catherine the Great, and Nicholas Holt is incredibly watchable as Emperor Peter of Russia. Nicholas Holt of Skins and the later X-Men films, Mad Max Fury Road. They are both so good in the show, but like, I think the biggest thing in favour of the show that is just funny and so fun to watch. It, it doesn't feel like a period piece. It doesn't feel like homework. It doesn't feel like, oh, I have to watch this show about Catherine the Great. It's just a fun comedy drama with some actors saying the worst possible things that have been put to to to, to script. Um, yeah, I just I didn't think I was going to be as invested as I was when I when I started it. But like, I definitely. I definitely recommend it. Um, another one which caught me by surprise is The Good Lord Bird. Um, Ethan Hawke, man. I feel like the second time we've mentioned his name on this on this pod. Uh, he's just so good. And in this, like, his acting is just a spectacle in, in, in mm. The Good Lord Bird. He's, he's so good in this. He, he chews up every scene he's in, but, like, in the most perfect way. The Good Lord Bird is based on the book from, I think, 2014. I might be wrong about that. Um, so he plays John Brown, who 
is this famous white abolitionist who was the first to be um, hanged for treason in America. He was hanged for treason because he wanted to free slaves. So do with that as you will. Um, so the story is told from the point of view of a young fictional character. Um, so John Brown freed him, but in the process, his dad died in front of him. They call him Onion, even though his name is Henry. Um, they also all think he's a girl. So he has to dress and act like a girl for the entire of the show. Again, even though his name is Henry. it's And if all that sounds chaotic and a mess, it's because it is. It's incredibly chaotic. But it's just like chaotic in the best possible way. Everyone's acting on like... 110 everyone's there everyone's giving it it's just it's just it's just a great show and it's show i definitely recommend um so the last show we're going to talk about is the last dance and i know you have thoughts on this so i'm just going to let you cook here just go off so i mean the last dance was one of the best sports documentaries i'd say in recent times i probably still think oj made in america is the pinnacle of sports docs my second would be when we were kings which is the uh rumble in the jungle you know the fight Muhammad Ali against George Foreman in Zaire and it's it's just really well done and it just kind of shows how great Ali was probably say the last dance is third and it's just it's a lot of things I was looking at to be honest first you kind of you, you don't really understand how big Michael Jordan, especially in the age of, you know, before the whole internet mm-hmm. came and blew up, and Michael Jordan was still out and about dominating, and he was almost, you know, as big as the Beatles, you know, back in the day. Everyone knew who Michael Jordan was, and I mean, kind of somebody who is that big and that revered, you know, what does it feel to be that kind of person? And, mm. you know, because was it, I think it's the 90, 94 season where he just retires and just like, uh, what what the hell? It's like Messi, after he scored 91 goals that season, he just says, okay, I'm done. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? And he goes to play another fucking sport. He goes to play baseball and everyone is like, all the baseball stadiums when he's there all filled up because he's not even playing major league he's playing minor league and it just and there's like one scene where he's he's just on his own he's got headphones in and he's just like sitting down and staring into you know nothing and it's just one of those kind of scenes where like it must be exhausting being one of these people who hold so much power and you yeah. know once you walk into a room everything everything just stops your, I mean, there are only a couple of people in history who have that sense of, you know, power and gravitas in, um, for Michael Jordan, it was like, it was quite interesting watching him try to maintain that image. So what did you, how did you feel about MJ being a producer on the show? That raised a couple of questions on what would they show us and what wouldn't be shown and and for example i mean he had his accounts of events that went on he had and it's just the problem of all these 
um, so-called documentaries where they're presenting to you a version of the truth, which to the mass public, mm-hmm. which ends up being taken as the truth. And it's just how much should we you know, believe all these stories and how much should we take this as 100% rather than taking this as 60 or 70. I didn't feel the normal casual person would be able to make that distinction because to be honest, uh, you know, watching that, there was quite a couple of, I don't want to say lies, but I'm still going to call them lies. So you do want to say lies? I'm just like, uh, (laughs) I think he was lying a lot in that documentary. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't around in 95 or 94, but I mean, there are a couple of things where I don't have a gambling <laughs> problem. I've got a competition problem. Like, <laughs> uh, that's the sort yeah. of thing. That's the sort of thing someone with a gambling problem would say. And you know, he didn't keep Isaiah from the dream team because it was other people. I'm just like, mm, I'm not sure about that. Or everybody, oh, this one really ticked me off. Or everyone was <laughs> doing drugs. The way he just beat it out to all his teammates was like, what? what why, why are you saying that about your teammates, man? But everyone was doing drugs and sleeping with women. And I was, you know, the good guy in the team who was just chilling and playing games and getting back to me. I'm just like, this is... But the thing is, Again, like, we the do not casual person would just leave it straight out. So. <laughs> just like that. We just believe that straight away. And just... But at the same time, there's been a lot of news about this new target of yeah, the that happened. And... Tiger literally had no inputs on this documentary. And so far, I haven't watched it yet, but so far the reviews have been just saying it's not like... Oh, that's interesting. This doesn't tell me anything. I've seen this is not, the opposite. So I don't know. And I just kind of wanted to relate it to, you know, things today. So, for example, that All or Nothing uh, mm-hmm. documentary that, you know, Tottenham produced, because obviously Tottenham had a massive input. There was probably a lot of you know, mm-hmm. millions and millions of hours of footage that Amazon had, but obviously Tottenham had uh, particular things they wanted to show. So it was more like, it was kind of propaganda, You're, you know, showing, you know, Harry King giving all these team talks and how he's such of a, a massive leader and how he's so charismatic, lol. And he's showing Mourinho who is, you know, this... You know, affable guy who gets on with his teammates, with his players and his coaches, and he's someone who's, you know, quite quite of a goof sometimes, but obviously serious, and always instills that me against the world personality, against his on his players, and I mean that's clearly being that's not the full picture, is it? Like that's not what and. This is quite interesting because during the documentary, he, you know, kind of jokes with Dele Ali like, ha, oh, mate, you're like the worst trainer out here. And mm. just joking around with him, I can see what's happening right now. That, uh, you know, he's basically falling out with Dele Ali and Dele Ali wants to leave because he's not playing at all and it's just completely falling out of favor with Mourinho. So it's kind of, you know, how the last dance, not really the last dance because there were a lot of other documentaries that were trying to tell a story. Some are trying to tell a story and some are trying to show you something. There's this thing called Hard Knocks and it's about the NFL. 
He comes out every preseason and he kind of shows one team preparing for the season coming forward. Mm. You know, it's people using these, whether it's Amazon or Netflix or ESPN, these platforms to basically propagate a certain image, you know, to their fans or to the wider public, which, I mean, we shouldn't take Mm -hmm. or which isn't, Um, it's just not true. I think, first of all, I was going to, it's a good thing you mentioned it, but I was just going to add that, um, that, so for anyone who's interested in the subject matter or the form, the Tiger documentary from HBO, um, I think the two episodes have aired now, and um, obviously you've heard that it's not a, it's not good, I've heard that it's quite good, so I guess for our viewers, just watch and make, make your decision. But you're right, there is this kind of blurring the lines between what the documentary is and like a docudrama, and um, it's... the Again, we're not, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but for anyone who is interested and doesn't know about it, um, Taylor Swift had this kind of quote-unquote documentary struck docudrama last year. And I guess that had the same question levied against it. was like, she was heavily involved in the production. And it's like, how much damning stuff can you actually tell us about a producer of this and, and things like that? But, um, and I think you see that very clearly in the two, the two seasons of All or Nothing. Obviously, the first one focused on Man City, and that that kind of seemed like a documentary. It kind of seemed like I was seeing the inner workings of this team, and obviously, some things would be hidden, some things would be polished, but it, it felt like I was seeing what was going on behind the scenes and what these guys were doing and how these guys were thinking and what was going on in this moment at this halftime. But for all or nothing Tottenham, it, it just seemed like a propaganda piece from the beginning. I mean, the first episode is about... Daniel Levy talking about how him and Poch go sailing together during the holidays or how close they are. And then you have Mourinho acting like a godfather consigliere where he's like, when he subs off Dyer at halftime and the next game he's like, oh, I have to play Dyer for the family. I have to protect the family. And I'm just like, ah, bro, what do you think, what movie do you think you're in? So it, it, you can clearly see that they're trying to Daniel Levy knows Tottenham has an image issue. He knows he has an image issue. So it was like, okay, I'm going to use this to kind of rehab our image. He obviously did not think that he was going to sack Poch. So. Exactly. So, for example, one of the guys who was on that team, so it was one of the people that was basically doing all the drugs mm. and sleeping with all the women. I mean, yeah. his wife was like, what the fuck? Why didn't you talk about this? Yeah, um, the involvement of the subject is always going to be I was going to skewer my perception of it. But um, some other shows that made my top 10 list, I'm not, I just didn't want to talk about them too much because they are kind of long-running shows. Um, so we have The Crown. I love The Crown. I love everything about The Crown. I think the acting is incredible. I think every member of the cast for the two generations has been incredible. Um, i always surprised how they make me care about the most mundane of white British stuff. So I love it as a drama. I still have no positive feelings towards the monarchy so it hasn't indoctrinated me um insecure insecure finally came back after god knows how long and season four was incredible i forgot how funny insecure was just as if as a comedy like forget about everything i just forgot how funny insecure could be i think i think i think the best thing about insecure is so i don't watch it but i think the best thing is about after almost every episode, you come on social media, and there are these little gender wars that happen between 
all the guys and all the girls on Twitter about how is it Lawrence? Lawrence. I, I think Lawrence is in the show. I always see Lawrence about how Lawrence is trash, and it says actually the right the one in the right here. Well, all the guys are saying no, Lawrence is not trash, and this is actually the actual trash person. And yeah, just, no, um, insecure is definitely a show that has like it, you'll feel like it has galvanized the black community. Insecure, I was avoiding insecure spoilers, though I was avoiding Game of Thrones spoilers. And then, last one on my list is a show that I'm gonna miss if only for therapy reasons. Um, Bojack Horseman. That's a quality show. That's a show that um, shouldn't be as smart or as deep or as emotional as it is, but it manages it managed to do all that with such ease. Um, and it's obviously finished now, and I'm just anyone who's looking for a sh- well, I can't tell you. It's not a light show, so I can't say anyone's looking for a light show, but it's a show I fully recommend, and obviously it's on Netflix. So um, I'm just going to quickly run through my full list, and then we'll get out of here. Is that right? So at number 10 on my 2020 list was The Good Lord Bird. Number 9, The Great. Number 8, The Last Dance. Number 7, Bojack Horseman. Number 6, Insecure. Number 5, The Crown. Number 4, Devs. Number 3, The Queen's Gambit. Number 2, Better Call Saul. Number 1, Michaela Cole's Masterpiece, I May Destroy You. Um, that's it for my list. Do you have anything you wanted to add, Vera? Um, anything I want to add? I can't wait for Succession to come back because I think that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point to end this. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, thank you to everyone who listened to our pilot episode. Um, like I said, we're going to be here every Monday, except. The reception to this episode is so destroying that we all give up on our ambitions. So, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you to my co-host, Obira George Fiacho, our incredible Ooh-oh. producers, Chinedu Heji and Ibuka Namani. Um, shout out to the brilliant Hannah Warmer, who provides both our theme song and the song we're going to be playing out to. Um, yeah, thank you all. See you guys next time when my guest will be the British writer, director, and producer, John Boyega. See you guys soon. Bye. Hi, guys. So, um, a few days after recording this episode, we we got some terrible news that a friend of Obira and I's from secondary school, from boarding school, passed away. I'm not going to mention his name on this podcast for obvious reasons, but he was a good person. He was, oh God, he was a good person. He was, I'll be hard pressed to find someone who will have something bad to say about him. But I'm, I'm, I mainly just feel like I need to put it in this episode just so anyone who's listening, please just keep his family in your prayers. Keep his men, keep, his memory, your prayers, keep his friends that he's left behind. Pray for them as well. Um, to those, to our friends who may be listening, we're with, um, like, I have no words, I'm just, 
please, as always, please feel free to reach out. If you need to just talk, vent, rant, please, I'm always there. Oh God, he, he was he was a good person. Um, Obiora and I send our wishes to his parents. Those of his friends who are feeling this way more than we are. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, brother. And I'm sorry for that, for not being able to learn the cat daddy that one time you're trying to teach me. My body just ain't built like that. Um, rest in peace, my brother. See you again. Bye, guys. See you next time.